0: I'll go to Ne'er Shabbos. we back again to begin Hashem Shire, number 91, in the farm of Pliskin. We're in the safer on Self-Confidence, together with other sources that we're going to go through on the important subject of self-confidence and self-esteem. And he talks about how people that have higher self-confidence feel comfortable asking questions. And that's important um, task in life, important function in life, to be able to ask questions. People with lower self-confidence may feel they don't have a right to ask questions, or they worry that people may be critical of them for asking questions, or they may feel that they feel deficient because they don't know the answers themselves and they feel it's a weakness to ask questions. And if self-confidence prevents you from asking important questions, You need to ask yourself, if I had greater self-confidence, what would I ask right now? And it's an important skill in life to know and to have and to try to develop that even if one's somewhat uncomfortable about asking, you can still speak up and ask. And once you do, you will have a breakthrough and you've been proven to yourself that even though you feel uncomfortable, it doesn't stop you from asking the questions that you need to ask. Now, of course, it's easier to ask somebody who is more cheerful, or more open, or more kind, because you know they'll probably be happy to answer you, Um, but you can imagine that the person you're going to ask, even if you're not sure, maybe will be helpful, helpful, or cheerful, or kind, Um, so you you imagine that, and you push yourself to ask those questions that you need to ask, that's important to ask, and Sometimes you'll get a bump in the road where someone doesn't answer you the right way or looks at you funny, but someone with self-confidence, like we said, is not afraid of these things. So he brings down here that um, he he talks about a person that he feels tense in various situations. And... Sometimes he asks a person to repeat what they're saying. Could you please please explain yourself another way? And he wants to do that, but he's nervous about doing that. In other words, sometimes someone explains to you something, and then you want to ask, please clarify it for me, and you're afraid to do that. And really, it's a matter of practice. To practice until you're able to speak up. And when you practice, initially you may not be comfortable but you practice enough times till ultimately you'll hit a comfort level by repeating it and by getting yourself to ask these questions or to say I didn't understand you the first time could you explain to me a second time you'll overcome that uncomfortableness because it's a very important skill in life to learn and again as you have more self-confidence you you have less of an issue you know asking for question, you know for clarification it says, a person who's excessively embarrassed won't, won't learn anything. So take takes some courage sometimes to ask questions, especially if you don't know the, or how people will view you when you're asking questions. They may think it's a stupid question, but if you have self-confidence, you're not worried about these things. And even if right now you don't, you could, can work on yourself to be able to have the courage to ask the questions, and if you didn't understand the first time, to ask for clarification, and there's nothing wrong with that. Another concept is, and we talked about it before, is to take control of your thoughts. And when you change the way you look at things, then the things you look at actually change. So it's important to understand, for example, is that people don't make you feel or think a certain way. You sometimes drive a child for driving you crazy. It's not the child that's driving you crazy. You're driving yourself crazy based on the behavior of the child, how it's, how it's making you react. Your friend made you mad, it's not your friend that's making you mad, or your coworker made you upset, or the bad weather put you in a bad mood. So in other words, we, what we do often is we assign our thoughts and our feelings to others rather than taking the responsibility of those thoughts and feelings to ourselves. And the truth is, is our feelings cannot change by changing other people or external circumstances. We can change ourselves. Now, there's no question and there's no denying that when people around you are more unpleasant, it's a bigger than No one's going to disagree with that. But ultimately, it's your choice. Ultimately, it's not your child that's driving you crazy, but your reaction to the child that's driving you crazy. And when we feel upset or depressed or anxious, We usually try to find reasons outside of ourselves to explain why we feel a certain way instead of focusing on how we think about what happens to us. So in other words, unless this mamasha pikuach nefesh situation or someone's in danger, you know, physically could be harmed, then ultimately no one or no situation really has has the power to make you feel anything. It's our perceptions that create it. There's a famous saying that a big educator said once that said the following, that I'm convinced that life is 10% what happens to me and 90% is how I react to it. I'm going to repeat that because that's a profound thought. I am convinced that life is 10% what happens to me and 90% how I react to it. So we're not undermining the idea that, uh, you know, there are tests out there. The 10%, what happens to me is 10%. It is a factor. But 90% is how I react to it. And I can react in a more positive way. That choice is, is mine. So what you're doing is when you're saying expressions like, she makes me so mad. She, not myself. Or the weather is bumming me out. The weather is getting me depressed. Or he makes me feel about bad about myself. Or my teenager is driving me crazy, or my boss is making me nervous. All of these statements have one thing in common. They're taking the personal feelings and they're blaming it on events and on people rather on how we think about what is happening to us. Now, of course, a difficult employee or employer is challenging. No one's denying that. But ultimately using these statements takes away your 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 complete power and to give you basically a feeling of helplessness that should not be there. Because once you believe you're the only person you can change, then you can reframe your thoughts into more positive statements that are more actionable. So for example, instead instead of saying, she makes me so mad, you could rephrase that by saying as follows. I get mad when she criticizes me. And I'm going to tell her that I will no longer visit her or talk to her unless, you know, if she continues to treat treat me rudely. So you see what happened by changing that statement. The beginning when you just simply said she made me so ma- mad is powerless. And what you're doing now by saying I get mad when she criticizes me and therefore I'm going to tell her that, you know, uh, you know, she has to put a stop to it or I'm not going to talk to her, or I'm not going to visit her anymore, that's more empowering. And it's factual. It's real. And you're giving your yourself an actionable takeaway of what you can do to shift your focus from the problem of it to the solution of it. And the same thing with the idea of the weather is bumming me out. Now, it is natural sometimes when you have a rainy, coldy day, that it sometimes puts a damper on the mood. But the bottom line is, is again, with this too. It may be 10% what happens to me. It it could affect you. But 90% plus is depending on your reaction to it. And if you learn to switch your view and view rainy days or windy days or cold days as something that I'm gonna, still going to have a great day and it's a wonderful day. I'm going to see the good in it and there's blessings behind it. and And it's not going to derail me. That is empowering because it's giving you that ability. To, to react in a more healthy, positive way. Now, you do all this by encouraging yourself, by choosing a certain self-compassion, and, which means that you're kind to yourself, you boost your own feelings of self-work, you work a lot on self-talk, you transform the critical self-talk that you had in the past into compassionate self-talk. So instead of saying, for example, I can't believe I messed up that relationship, you could change that and transform that by saying, I tried my best, Best, I forgive myself for the mistakes that I realized I made, and I'm going to learn from them. I did not know then what I know now, but now I know better, and based on my better knowledge and behavior, I will transform my relationships to something a lot better. You love yourself that way and be compassionate to yourself. So because when you are compassionate to yourself, then you have that ability to use these tools more. You will be able to give yourself encouragement to be, like we said in the early part of the share to ask those questions that you're nervous about asking or to help you defeat those negative behaviors that you know you need to defeat. So all of this is very, very crucial. And we're going to go now to a Be'er Mayim Chaim, in this country of B'Shvili Nebra that also builds one one up. And to show his, his how Hashem loves every person, every yid, and he has a chilek entire. And Hashem wants his connection, his mitzvahs, his maisim, taivim, no matter who you are. And he explains over here as well. And he says, this is the fourth line I'm quoting, this is the Be'er Mayim chayim. <laughs> if Hashem would only want tzaddikim, the high people in our nations, <laughs> then God wouldn't have waited for to give the Torah so long. <laughs> he would have given the Torah to Avram, Yitzhak, and Yaakov. They were Tzadikim, they were individuals. He would have given the Torah to them. They were the Avais, give the Torah to them. Benu. <laughs> Or to Moshe Rabbeinu himself, or VaHaran, or Taharan, or the Yeshua Levad, or just Yeshua, but Hashem didn't do that. He did not want to give it to individuals, no matter how great of tzaddikim that they were, or that they are. The Himtin Davka God Hashem waited specifically to have six hundred thousand souls. Jewish holy souls And Hashem gave the Torah To all of them All of Chai Yisrael Every single one of us With love and with joy Not just to Tzadigim There is no perfection In any way, shape or form Other than Connecting and combining all the souls of Klai Yisrael as one, that each one tries to fix what he has to fix, each one according to his ability. This is healthy self-esteem. God needs me, me specifically, to do what I need to do. He needs something of me that a tzaddik can't fulfill. He needs something of me that the that even Moshe Rabbeinu can't fulfill. He needs me to do what I need to do. That's what Hashem needs from us. Then the world could be in, in, in a perfect state, of perfection. And therefore, a person is required to say that for me the world was created. Why? Because it's literally true. Because of me, I was created, the whole Bria, the whole creation was created for me. Just as much as it was created for, for the tzaddik. You pick any gadol hadar, and you're going to say the world was created for that gadol hadar. It was created for that gadol hadar too, but it was created for you. Yes, you, with your flaws, with whatever level you may be at, even if you don't get to the toenails of that tzaddik. He needs you specifically. Because if he is lacking... Every individual, then, oh boy, even the Tzadik doesn't have his full shlemes. And Al came therefore, ha'ha'yrig nefesh achas mi Yisrael Someone who kills even one soul is like he destroyed the entire world. The if you sustain even one soul, it's if you sustain the whole world. And 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 the, like it says in Sanhedrin Amid Zion that they be emes kol echad mi Yisrael who olam mole mamish. Everyone in Kla Yisrael is a whole world unto themselves. It's a beautiful Be'er Mayim Chayim in Parsha Shaifnam. This self esteem, this healthy self esteem of knowing your value, of knowing your greatness, of knowing you're a Tzela of knowing you're a Chelak El Mao Mamash, helps you, like in the beginning of Shir, not be afraid to ask questions, not be afraid if people will think you're silly, but you're doing it because you want clarity and you want to learn and you want to grow. And It gives you the ability to challenge those negative distortions, those negative behaviors, those negative thoughts, or those unrealistic thoughts. The weather is bumming me out. No, it's not the weather. I am bumming myself out. I'm going to choose. I'd rather be in a warmer climate. I'd rather not be so windy out there. Or I'd rather be a sunny day. But with the rainy day, the cold day, the snowy, sleety day, it's a beautiful day. It's not going to bum me out. And ninety percent of it, like we said, ten percent maybe what happens to me. Ninety percent is how I react to it. I'm going to react to it in a positive way. My teenager is not what's driving me crazy. I am driving myself crazy, and I'm going to learn not to do that. I'm going to learn how to respond in a healthy way. And 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 that is an extremely important tool. It goes hand in hand. And this self-esteem in the healthy, right way is the building blocks to life. It's a building blocks to marriage in particular. And, it's a, and it's, it, it promotes a tremendous amount of growth and simcha and being closer to HaKadosh Baruch Hu day in and day out. Have a wonderful Shabbos.